Welcome to Understanding the Bible. This is episode 40, Multiple Wives. Let's get into it. First of all, we have several examples from the Bible. Jacob, remember the father of the 12 tribes of Israel in Genesis chapter 30, had a wife. He married Leah. Then he married Rachel, his favorite, which was her sister. Then Rachel gave him Bilhah, her handmaid, to wife. So he had a third wife. Then Leah, the wife that he didn't love or that he didn't love as much, gave him Zilpah, her handmaid. And it specifically states she took Zilpah and gave her to Jacob to wife. Okay, so this was not a concubine. He had four wives. Nowhere in the Bible is this portrayed as sinful. Nowhere. Instead, this was blessed by God, and God took sons from each of his four wives and made them the twelve tribes of Israel. Even Abraham had two wives, and nowhere was that condemned. So you have to ask yourself, is a sin a sin in the past or only in the future? One example or two with Abraham, right? However, there was another set of laws for the kings of Israel. If you look at the Old Testament, it very specifically had stated if they chose to elect a king instead of having God as their primary ruler, the king was not to multiply wives to himself. If you look at Deuteronomy 17, 17, neither shall he multiply wives to himself that his heart turn not away, neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. So a king had separate laws. He wasn't supposed to focus on getting rich, having lots of horses, or having lots of women. That law was not specifically made for the tribes of Israel and individual people but specifically for a king of Israel. So you'll notice that that uh, higher standard. We'll touch on that in the New Testament as well. Let's look at King Solomon. First Kings chapter 11, he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Now God gave him wisdom at the beginning here. He was the wisest person in the world, right? However, he violated God's law. God had told Israel not to choose wives among the enemies of Israel, and Solomon did. God warned Solomon that if he did that, those wives would draw him to false gods, and they did. 1 Kings 11, verse 1 through 4. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go into them. Neither shall they come in unto you. That's a reference to taking husbands and wives from those nations. Continuing on in verse 2, it says, For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Now, also, don't forget the concubines. Now, in case some of you don't know, a concubine is a person of the opposite sex that lives as part of your household and everything that entails, sex and everything, but does not enjoy the status of a wife. So you are financially responsible for the concubine. You guys 
have sex together, and they partake in probably the management of the house, the chores, etc. So the point is, wives and concubines are discussed many times in the Bible without condemnation of either one. And then the third example we have is King David. Now there's lots of other examples, but uh, that I'm going to stop with that. Second Samuel 11 and 12, specifically the story of Bathsheba. Remember in chapter 12, verse 11, he had multiple wives already. Then he saw Bathsheba bathing naked on her rooftop, lusted after her, slept with her. She was already married to Uriah. So there's covetousness, lusting after your neighbor's wife. Then he had Uriah murdered, and only then he took Bathsheba to be his wife. So the prophet Nathan came and condemned him for the covetousness, the adultery, because she was married to someone else, and the murder, but nowhere was he condemned for actually marrying her, except for the fact that she was the wife of someone else. So having multiple wives was never condemned by Nathan. It was the way he went and took this particular wife that was condemned. So it is very clear from the Old Testament that having multiple wives was not a sin. And yet by law for a king, it was forbidden. If you look back at Moses' law, righteous people of God took multiple wives. Now let's look at what people use in the Bible to teach that you must only have one wife, okay? Because there are teachings out there, and I want you to hear it from me as well. First of all, Genesis, Adam and Eve, two shall be one flesh, right? The Garden of Eden was perfect. So you need to understand that we don't live in that perfect world. But this two shall be one flesh was the acknowledgement and teaching that two become one when you regularly have sex together, when you live together, you're attached to that person, you engage in intercourse, you cannot separate. It does something to your soul to combine with another soul like this. It is not a teaching on how many people you should marry. Remember, their sons either had sex with Eve, their own mother, or with their sisters to make more children. So using the garden and Adam and Eve as a template for society is wrong. It has obviously changed once sin entered the picture. And even God himself ordered those changes in the book of Leviticus when he forbids intermarrying. You know, you can't marry your sister. You can't marry your father's wife. Things like that where God's like, hey, we're changing things now. Boom. This is the way it is. So there was new laws. You cannot use the Garden of Eden as a teaching on sex and marriage, and wearing clothes, and families, you know, brothers and sisters, and things like that. That was the perfect world, and and that's not what God teaches. I would have to dismiss that as a teaching about you're only allowed to have one wife, because, you know, even people will bring up the, you know, for this cause a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife. Well, yes, absolutely, but what if the first son clave unto three of his sisters and they went and started a house on their own. There is no teaching in the Bible about that. It it was not a teaching about you must have only one wife or you must have only one husband, which that's a whole nother issue. I don't see too many women asking for that. Um, But this was a teaching about sex and how it's instituted for marriage. And it's the idea that you are 
bound to each other that you ought not to just go out and sleep with a different person every day. You're, you're supposed to commit yourself, right? So let's look at the New Testament. Uh, there's two other passages that people bring up quite a bit. 1 Corinthians 7, 2. Let me read the first verse of that. It says, Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. The context of that whole chapter, which you should read all of 1 Corinthians 7, if you're curious about this stuff, it is about a man, most likely a specific one that the church had written to Paul about, who can't keep his sexual desires at bay and how he wants to touch his virgin. That's why he said, have your own wife, because I'm writing to explain to you about the person you told me about. So he's saying, look, if he's constantly touching that girl inappropriately, maybe he ought to just marry her so he can have sex with her. Okay. Look at verse nine and verse 36. It says verse nine, but if they cannot contain, let them marry for it is better to marry than to burn. And he's talking about sexual lust. So if you cannot control your sexual passion with your virgin, you should probably marry her, right? Then verse 36, but if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and need so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not, let them marry. So he's saying if this guy is trying to remain a virgin and just serve God and not get married because he doesn't want to get married, and now the woman has become an old spinster, she's not in her prime anymore, and they really, really, really want each other sexually. Well, to keep from sinning and having sex outside of marriage, let them marry is what he's saying. Don't worry that he wants to be a pastor or a missionary or wants to serve God in the church every day or in the temple like Samuel did. Or, you know, it's okay. Let them marry. It's not a sin to get married. That's what he's saying. So this passage is about a man desiring his woman and wanting sex while trying to stay a virgin and take care of the things of God. Clearly in verse 32, he says that. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. So he goes on to tell them that it's okay to marry, but it's better to stay single. Verse 38. This is all in the context of verse 1 and 2 about a specific man that they wrote to Paul about. And he's saying this particular man can't keep his hands off his virgin, his woman. It is not a lesson or a doctrine on how many wives you should have. Clearly, as he explains, I'll read verse 38 through 40. He talks about having no wives or remarrying. Those are both perfectly acceptable options. Hear that again. These are all perfectly acceptable options. So this is not a doctrine on how many people you must marry. You're trying to, to put your own beliefs or a doctrine into something that the Bible is not teaching about is wrong. That is a sin. That is you doing eisegesis, reading into the Bible your own personal beliefs and trying to force people to believe the way you do based on something that the Bible's not teaching about. This is not a doctrine on how many spouses you can have. You need to understand that. It's a doctrine on when you burn in sexual lust for someone that you ought to marry them. Now, verse 38 through 40. So then he that giveth her in marriage does well. Good, get married. But 
he that giveth her not in marriage does better. It's better to be single and not be married if you're going to serve God. Verse 39, the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. This is more about women's rights. The idea that a woman is not tainted if she's had sex with a man, been married before, and he's dead. She is free at liberty to be married again in a society that did not respect women, treated women as property. This particular verse is about uplifting women and giving women more rights and freedom. Okay. This again is not about how many wives a man should have. This is more talking about it's okay for a woman to have another husband. Then verse 40, but she is happier if she so abide after my judgment. And I think also that I have the spirit of God. He's saying again, he believes, Paul thinks in his judgment, it's better to be single. Again, he makes it clear that that concept is not a requirement. It's just what he believes is best. Now, we understand he is inspired by God. You could have a personal conviction that you should not get married, but you cannot ascribe that to everyone else because he clearly says it's not a sin to get married. Okay? So again, not a doctrine on how many people to marry, but more teaching people that when you burn in sexual lust or desire for someone, that it's not a sin to marry them. Now, here's one that clearly says one wife, and this is where people get hung up because they take it out of context. This is 1 Timothy 3, where it says one wife, clearly single, not plural, okay? 1 Timothy 3, verse 2, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. So clearly one wife was different than what was normal. If all believers of the church were required to have only one wife, then he would not need to specify only one wife for the pastor, the bishop, or the deacon, verse 12. So this is a higher qualification for a church leader, not a requirement for every believer. Keep in mind the issue of being found blameless at the beginning of the verse as well. A bishop then must be blameless. So the main purpose is being a focus on God and teaching. And the idea that having any wife takes away from that in the time that you have, the material possessions, the emotional, the physical focus that you have, having multiple wives would clearly make it even more difficult, which is why Paul recommended staying single. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, 32 and 33. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. So the only thing to take from 1 Timothy chapter 3 in this discussion is that having no wife is better. The point of this passage is clearly not about wives, but it's about the pastor and deacon being able to fulfill their responsibilities and being blameless in the eyes of men, not God. Nowhere in any scripture is having more than one wife condemned for the everyday person unless you're going to be a pastor, a deacon, or a king of Israel. So you need to ask yourself, is it a doctrine, a belief, or a conviction? So is it a doctrine? Does the Bible teach that you should have multiple wives or concubines? No, it does not. Does the Bible teach that you cannot have 
multiple wives or concubines? Also, no, it does not. Therefore, this concept is not a doctrine. However, a pastor or deacon cannot have more than one, and it is better if they have none. How many churches actually have that requirement that you don't have a wife? We don't. So why do we, why do we always have pastors have a wife in a church? That's a very interesting question. The people in the Bible who had more than one wife did experience problems. Are problems a sin? No, depends on how you deal with them. So does the Bible teach how to deal with all those problems that we mentioned earlier with Solomon and Abraham and Jacob and David? Yes, the Bible tells you how to deal with all of those things, jealousy and love and all of that. Therefore, the presence of problems does not mean it's a sin. Does the Bible teach how husband and wives are supposed to treat each other? Absolutely, yes. And that can be applied to as many wives or concubines as you choose to have. This subject is clearly not a Bible doctrine. So now you have to look at, is it a belief? Is it a belief based on Bible doctrine or specific verses? No, none exist. So is it a belief based on a principle of scripture? People will argue like husbands love your wife, like Christ loved the church. No, because this could be applied to every wife or concubine that I choose to take. Remember, like Jesus in the church, understand the church is made up of many people from all walks of life and places in every nation of the world. So this would be an argument to go out and search for multiple wives, but it's not. You don't get to apply any principle or belief that you have to every scripture you read. This is not a teaching on how many wives someone ought to have when it says, love your wife like Christ loved the church. No, there is no such teaching about how many wives you ought to have. This is a teaching about how to love selflessly with an agape love like Christ loved the church. So clearly the number of wives you take is not a belief that you can even base on the Bible. Therefore, it has to be a conviction. The idea of I must have one wife or I'm allowed to have three or I'm allowed to have a wife and a concubine. This would be a personal conviction that hopefully you've grounded in scripture verses yourself where you feel God is telling you something personally in your situation. Now, I don't have this conviction. Personally, I don't believe either way. The Bible doesn't mention it, so you're free to do what you want. I wouldn't mind multiple wives. Sexually, like many men desire, I would like to have multiple women. I'm just being honest with you, okay? I, I teach hard things. And I will tell you what I, what I personally feel and believe. I'm not going to lie. And most men at some point in their life have thought about having sex with two women or with another woman. I'm not saying that's right in your particular circumstance. I'm just letting you know that I've had that desire too. Emotionally though, I would have issues like Jacob did with Leah and Rachel. I have chosen my first wife because she is the best person that I have ever had found in the 20 years I was searching for a wife. All right. I would have problems like he did with Leah and Rachel. He wanted Rachel. He got Leah. He didn't love Leah. So he worked another seven years and he got Rachel, the wife that he really wanted. And they had issues because he didn't really love his other wife. I would have that problem. Emotionally, my wife would have issues like Leah and Rachel. She couldn't handle me having another wife. So as a husband that honors and loves his wife, I cannot in good conscience do that. No matter how much I would want to. 
I don't believe it would be wrong. It is not a sin based on what we've just discussed. For me, it is not a sin because it's not a conviction on how many wives I should have. And the Bible doesn't teach having multiple wives is a sin. Personally, I could have three or four wives. It might hurt me financially to do so. I know it would hurt my wife emotionally, so I won't do it. But I'm not convicted either way, and the Bible doesn't teach either way. So some believers have a very strong convictions, and having multiple wives or a concubine would be a sin for them. Look at Romans 14, 22, and 23. I'm going to end with that. Hast thou faith? Have it thyself before God. Happy is he that condemns not himself in that thing which he allows. And he that doubteth is damned if he eats, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever, and this is why I can apply this to wives, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Do not cause yourself to sin. The conclusion is this. Multiple wives and probably even concubines are fine if you love the way the Bible teaches you to love. But it can lead to many problems. You and your spouse must be in agreement and be able to handle that spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially, the burden on household expenses before ever getting into something like that. I think that multiple wives is not the way due to jealousy, the fact that women are emotionally different than men are. However, I do not see a biblical doctrine to condemn it. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your opinions on it and other Bible verses that you may have. You can always email me at angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. And until next time, may God bless you all.